You're listening to the Can Dare Podcast, your sidekick in the quest for knowledge, power, and entertainment. So strap yourselves in and prepare for victory! Welcome to another episode of Can Dare, your tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. And we've got a special episode for you this week. Very excited about this one. Very Tigtone-themed episode. And for those of you who might not know what Tigtone is, it's a show on Adult Swim, currently in its second season, which you can check out at midnight on Sundays. And it has its season finale coming October 11th at midnight. So again, set those DVRs. But uh, we welcome the voice actors from the show. And how would you describe this show? Pretty much it's a some of the most beautiful animation I've ever seen. I love it. It's, it's very an animated original. paintings almost. It's, it's something else. But it's uh, about a hero and a sidekick in the fantasy realm looking for quests, essentially, yes. right? So we, that uh, right. <laughs> yeah. So we first, we get to welcome the voice actors this week. First, let me introduce, if you've ever played a video game or watched any kind of cartoon, you've heard her voice for sure. She portrayed Coco Bandicoot in the Crash Bandicoot series for the past six years. She's also the voice of Maureen and Philip in Ephesus 4 Family, but probably best known for being the voice of Jimmy Neutron, and in Tigtone, she is the voice of Helpy, the seemingly expendable sidekick. <laughs> we welcome Debbie Derryberry to the show. Debbie, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Jeremy and Jack. It's so exciting to be here. I love talking to other Tigtone fans. Yay! Such a fun show. And I have to say, it's even just fun saying your name. It's kind of a, a tongue twister, Debbie Derryberry. Yeah. Say it five times fast. It's a whole adventure. It really right? is. Right? Like, I had no choice but to go into animation, right? Your name is a bit of a tongue twister. <laughs> yeah. I, I think her name is, is, is yeah, it, like you can't mess it up. It's the opposite of a tongue twister. It just, it it just makes your tongue behave perfectly. You know, Debbie Dare Bear. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> I guess I. And nobody ever just calls me Debbie. They never just say Debbie. It's right. always Debbie Dare Bear. Because it's so fun to say. It needs to be a Ben and Jerry's flavor or something (laughs) like that. (laughs) That would be. You know, you're not the first person that suggested that, and I'm all for it. Ben, Jerry, if you're listening, let's get on the stick. (laughs) There it is. (laughs) Debbie Berry Berry ice cream. I'd eat it. Mm -hmm. I'd try it for sure. And then our next guest has been all over the world and recorded all kinds of music with his many bands, some of which include Free Salamander Exhibit, Fawn Fables, Idiot Flesh, Sleepy Time Gorilla Museum, just to name a few. And is also the voice of our hero, Tig Tone. We welcome Nils Frickdahl to the show. Nils, thank you so much for being here. Howdy, howdy. All right. Great to be here, here and there. (laughs) We are going to have some fun today. We're going to be talking with uh, both Debbie and Nils a little bit about their careers and then talking with them both about season, well, just about Tigtone in general, not just season two, just about the show Mm -hmm. in general. But before we do that, don't forget to find us on Twitter at CannedAirPod and Instagram at Canned underscore Air. If you like what we're doing, want to show some support, patreon.com forward slash CannedAirPod. I'm not going to get into the nitty gritty. You pay us a little bit of money, you get a lot of shit in 
return yeah. for it. So <laughs> that's how that works right there. And if any of our uh, listeners are in need of professional representation of any kind, if you're an actor, podcaster, whatever it may be, uh, check out uh, Steve Joyner at 816-605-4561. Get that representation you need. Jack, what am I forgetting? Tuesday nights on our Facebook, Twitch, or YouTube page at 9 p.m. Eastern. Come over and play the Candare Game Show, maybe win some prizes. You can play along with us playing some Jackbox. There it is. There it is. It's been a lot of fun, hasn't mm-hmm. it? All right. Let's not hesitate any longer. Let's just get right to this. Again, I wanted, I cannot wait to talk with you both on uh, TigTone as it's just been so much fun to watch. I never tire of seeing the many ways Helpy can either be decapitated no. or used as a weapon or, you know, something like that. But before we delve into that, I kind of want to talk with each of you just a little bit about uh, each of your careers. And I, I guess I'll start with you, Debbie. Uh, you know, in doing this research, it was so cool to not only find, you know, all the different characters you provide the voice for but i was beside myself to learn that your first role was a character named skeeter in Havern it's Ernest, the tv <laughs> series <laughs> yes and that she was an actress uh did some stunt work and even swam with the whale in the, the movie free willy i mean yes. both of these things were huge when i was a child mm-hmm. loved them both it was yeah. So exciting to find that out. So I'm just very curious where your uh, start into the uh, entertainment business begins. Well, I was actually a pre-med at UCLA, and I thought I'm going to be a doctor, but I always sang country music with my guitar. I was busking down in Westwood and writing songs, and so I said, I don't want to go to medical school. And one of my boyfriends said, move to Nashville. So I did and got an agent there and waited tables like, like a good singer. But the only session work I got was singing jingles. But as a kid, I never got hired to sing as a grown-up. And then the agent said, do you want to, you know, do some stand-in work? And um, I said, sure. But before that, I had done um, a play at Tennessee Rep called To Kill a Mockingbird. I played Scout when I was in my 20s. I played the 12-year-old Scout, and someone saw me in it and said, um, actually, Buster Cherry of, of uh, Cardin and Cherry, who does all of Jim Barney's stuff, who did all of Jim Barney's stuff, and they said, we're just going to put you in a series. You're going to play a boy clown. And I said, okay. And then they put makeup and a clown costume on me, and I played Skeeter, the 12-year-old boy clown on camera, got in a tag, the Screen Actors Guild, um, got the quick waiting tables, and um, moved back to L.A. Oh, but before that... My agent had set me on set to a Jim Varney of a, what's it called? Ernest Goes to Camp. And uh, I stood in for the boys. If you know what a stand-in is, it's someone that's the same size as the principal actor, but you sit in the background, and when they're setting lights, they call you in. And I was like, okay, that, you know, 70 bucks a day is better than what I'm waiting tables making. So one of the moms of the boys said, you have a cool voice. Why don't you do voiceover? And I said, what in the heck is that? I didn't even know. And she's like, well, you can do cartoon voices. And I'm like, I'm thinking, isn't Fred Flintstone himself? Anyway, long story short, (laughs) sent my demos to L.A. of my jingles, and they said, nice demos. You need to live in L.A. So I moved back to L.A. and signed with an agent and started booking in two weeks after I moved back, and I was great. And then, um, yeah, that's how I got started. You know, real easy roadmap to guide anyone. I have just the secret. <laughs> right. It's like that for everybody. It's yeah. every every path is so interesting. Yeah. And and this is just a great example. You just put your time in and dedication and you're gonna to get to where mm-hmm. you need to be. 
And that's where uh, yeah. it seems you found yourself for sure. And I still do music. Um, I still sing, and I have a three-part harmony country band, and I've done seven years of preschool music. I toured all over the country. But now I just do it for fun and do cartoons and stuff. I did not know that. I didn't know you were such a seasoned musician. I, I, I had read that uh, you definitely had been uh, doing uh, stuff with children's music, but I didn't realize about the country band. That's really cool. What are you guys called? Honey Pig. <laughs> Very intrigued. I can't we have read. a We have an Instagram, uh, in Honey Pig Music on Instagram. But it's just, it's never been making a living. Although the kids' music, I did have a, a lot of top ten hits. I had a number one hit, actually, on XM Sirius. Um, my song Baby Banana went to number one on the chart. Wow. So that was fun when my kid was little, going, Mommy, you're on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> Did something that the children can be like, oh, so freaking cool. Well, I guess you were doing cartoons, though. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, cool am I, what am I talking about? <laughs> uh, no, he didn't, he didn't know anything about that. He, You know, to him, it was no big deal. All of my friends were like, yeah, he does Winnie the Pooh. And my kid was like, whatever, SpongeBob, whatever, you know, Mickey Mouse, whatever. He didn't care. Right. He, he just put it all. It wasn't a big deal for him. But to see my, you know, my songs on the radio, for some reason, that was impressive for him. I'd be impressed. <laughs> My mom had a song on the radio. I, oh, oh yeah. man, I'd never yeah, <laughs> stop telling her about it. But very cool. So you know, anybody who looks at your IMDb or even looks goes to your webpage and sees the picture of you, you know, uh, with all your characters around you, you've lent your voice to so many characters. And being, I, I mean, at least I would imagine being in the voiceover world having that many characters under your belt, and every time you take on a new character. It, might be a little challenging like how do i how am i going to flesh this one out without it sounding like something i've done do you ever find that uh, to be a challenge well once in a while you know i'll recycle some characters but usually the the writers have these pictures of the characters and they make it kind of easy for me to layer the um the pieces i need to layer to get the character out you know like if it's if it's there's a little girl then they're like okay it's a little girl but guess what she's from the south okay right um, she can't say her R's, so she's from the South and she can't say her R's. Okay. So you just do these little layerings uh, depending on their age and their accent, and you find your character and their personality. So for, for the, the, the series characters, they become a real thing, you know, like, like Philip on Ephesus for Family or Halpy or Jimmy Neutron or Maureen or Bridget in Ephesus for Family. They're like independent, standalone characters. And then the others, I just kind of bastardize, and I make them as I go. <laughs> Very cool. And you kind of answered my next question. I was going to ask what your technique was for characters, but you kind of uh, just explained that, you know, just the, the different layering and uh, hammering it out as you go. Oh, and, and theft. And I'm, I'm sorry? Theft? I, I, theft. theft, yeah. I steal a lot. <laughs> but when it comes out of my mouth, it doesn't really sound like what I'm trying to imitate because I'm not an impressionist. But in my head, I'm thinking that. So, um, you know, thank you for whoever came up with it. I'm just doing my version of it. So, And I, I teach a lot. So I've kind of um, streamlined a lot of these skills so I can help other people with creating their characters and kind of give some, some uh, hard and fast rules to it. Although there are none, but if, if you had to break it down, I can help you break it down. 
you have a book out, I believe, Voice Voiceover One Hundred and One. I I, I want to read it so bad. I love yeah. about the world of voiceover. Mm-hmm. It's so intriguing. I mean, it's acting, but I, I think guess, it would almost be harder. You know, you don't have your body language to yeah. help accentuate your point. Well, it's a different skill set. You know, on camera actors have their skill set, and voiceover actors have their skill set. It's all acting. It's just um, different things you need to do with it. And the book, VoiceOver 101, How to Succeed as a Voice Actor, I just had so much to say. And I thought, just shut up and write it down, for gosh sake. So I did. (laughs) I will definitely be looking at that book. I love to always learn more about anything that deals with microphones. That's for sure. um, And it's available on Amazon or through my website. Thanks for asking. Hey, I was going to have links to it no matter what. So... (laughs) Very cool, though. I will be checking that out. But I, I want to uh, turn attention over to Nils for a little while now and uh, just kind of talk about where your journey into music begins. Because, uh, again, you've been uh, in so many different bands. I'm just uh, very intrigued. Where, where does your music journey start? Really focusing on, on live music initially, you know, and, and the show and the sort of initially very spectacle-oriented shows and very, um, a lot of sort of concept-oriented stuff where we would be touring, but we'd also be handing out informational tracts, you know, distributing a lot of paper around the country. And so it's a strong sort of conceptual theatrical element where we were just trying to keep people uh, from quite understanding why we were there, you know, so keep make them guess as to what, what our intentions were. And through that sort of theatrical element, I think, ended up having a lot of um, time on the microphone, on stage, talking to the audience. And so that, I think, opened the, the side door for me to also then step into uh, some, some straight-up stage work. I've done a bunch of plays. And then through, through the, I think, also the music and people just knowing about either the live shows, which often contain a lot of talking, or the, uh, just, just uh, deciding that um, my sort of monster voices, and initially that was pretty much what I did in voice work and various people who were working on games or cartoons and I would come in and just go blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and, um, and that which is fun but I, it, I have to say Tigtone is uh, as a character is the most uh, human character I've done in a, in a way the most normal uh, voice character I've done which is kind of funny because he's such a He's such a psycho, but, um, but he, at least he's a human being, whereas a lot of the, I was doing a lot of, you know, trolls and and then, yeah, foreign French, Japanese, you know, foreign accents, however badly. They're like, great, sounds great, keep going. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, so most of my voiceover stuff was sort of, sort of sneaking in through the side door and back out and back onto the, back into the, into the music world. But I've really enjoyed being part of this uh part of the Tigtone crew, and uh, I, I just, the strange grammar of the show really really gets me. I just chuckle <laughs> yes. at these sentences that are like half a phrase too long or too short, and the, uh, yeah, and then the fact that, that this sidekick character of Helpy showed up, I was just stunned 
because I had myself a sidekick character named Helpy that was our our sound person and also would do an act on the bed of nails and went out on the road and when we got to the east coast and it was starting to ice up and like help me it's time to put on your shoes and he didn't have any i don't actually own any shoes man you know it's like oh wow okay well it's time to and he was such a strange character that in, in real life that I, um, and the name Helpy just came out of my mouth introducing him one night on stage. I introduced Paul Del Porto. It's his real name. And, uh, hello, Paul, if you're out there in the world. I don't know where you are now. But um, one night just introduced him uh, uh, as Helpy the Hamburger Bee. And somehow it just felt right. And then later that night uh, in, the, in the diner at 3 a.m., I drew a cartoon of Helpy the Hamburger Bee, you know, eating a hamburger, you know, a happy, you know, robust little cartoon bee chomping down with his cheeks full. You know, I thought, Helpy the Hamburger Bee. And this guy, the real guy, had at, for, at one point he had, his, he had long hair on one side and a full beard and then was absolutely clean shaven on his skull and face on the other side and would wear would be shirtless and wear a tutu you know so if we ever had any any trouble you know with we would just stick healthy on on people and everyone people just run turn around and go the other way so um he would drink vinegar and eat toothpaste straight from the tube oh, wow. um, so I, so and but then i hadn't seen him for for you know a good oh 15 years or so at the time that uh the the Tigtone writer suggested, okay, where there's going to be a, you're going to have a sidekick, and the name will be the, the Healthy, and I was just floored. So like this was meant to be. I can imagine. Yeah, <laughs> it was. I, I had that feel. It was like that little finger in the small of the back, like, uh huh, you're in the right. Just do it, man. This is good. You know. Yeah, that's so cool. And and I, you know, my next question uh, was kind of going to be for the both of you uh, as your first impressions of the character, but you kind of were already telling me, I guess. Uh, you know, what you thought of Tigtone. I, I was watching some clips on YouTube from season one of you doing uh, Tigtone tracks in the studio, and you just seem to fit that role so well. I mean, you are Tigtone, it seems like. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I, I, you know, and I haven't really gone into this with, with Andrew and Ben, but um, when I did The Begun, you know, way back, I don't know if you've seen that, the very first one. Um, but yeah, I, I really I felt like this sort of just his, the abuse of grammar that's going on in the show. I, it so resonated with me, and I thought, huh, I wonder if these guys, you know, who, who came to a to a sleepy time gig out in Minneapolis, I believe, and said, hey, we're doing a cartoon, we want to do a voice, and I could just, you know, I could tell there was there were some uh, good times to be had there. Just by, I mean, Andrew talks that way more or less you know <laughs> it's hard he, he is a he, he it's hard for him to stop punning you know right it's just uh he just can't he, <laughs> it's part of his uh, basic makeup so i knew i knew there were some uh some <laughs> rich rewards to be had sure and as soon as i saw the saw the actual uh script and cartoon i was like oh yeah 
This is great. And that, and I didn't even realize that at that point it was just a script. I didn't know how how cool and freaky the the facial manipulation with the motion capture stuff was going to be. And the the first one was much you know much less elaborate, of course, in the in the production. But they already had that technique going, which is the still drawing stretching and contracting for facial expression. Right. <laughs> it's just like, ah! It was very, uh, yeah, you know, it made, it made you feel a little bit nauseous you know, right <laughs> out the gate. I was like, oh, man, this is going to be good. And now it's so over the top. Uh, just, just seeing the episodes uh, on Sunday night, just <laughs> this, 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 this squirming, squirreliness of Pigtone's facial expressions, everybody's, but he's just like, ah! kind of uh, wonderfully horrible horrible when he screams when the face pulls and you can see his teeth too I, I don't there's just something yeah. about it that is so funny he could be silent and I would still laugh yeah. like just the look of it is yeah. hilarious you know yeah have you seen yeah. the Instagram filter that they've got, the Tigtone one, where you can make yourself no. Tigtone? Oh, it's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I came across I it that. one day and sent it to Jeremy. He was like, how the hell did you do that? That's right. I forgot. Yeah. I think I know how we're going to market this episode well, yep, now. Yep. I've been thinking about it already. Okay, so, Debbie, first impressions yeah. of Helpy. When you first heard about this character, the, what, three-foot-high creature with purple hair that can lose limbs and regrow them, uh, what, what was your first impression? Well, it was, I'm not, not sure they knew what they wanted, but the description looked short and purple, and I was like, I'm all over short and purple. And it was kind <laughs> of um, non-human. So what I did is sort of I combined um, Speedy Alka-Seltzer with an old lady uh, alien, and that kind of ended up that kind of ended up sounding like this, and that was a casement right there. So that's where he was living, and then he was kind of crazy. And like Mel said, the writing of the script, it reminded me of um, like a Roald Dahl book, like a BFG, you know, but they yeah. kind of where it's not written yeah. kind of, it's linear, but it, it jumps around and it, it doesn't finish a sentence or things are said with an L-Y on them. It's just funny the way <laughs> it was written. It was kind of preschool, but but not. And then the um, the whole nature of the show to me is sort of like Monty Python meets Game of Thrones because it's absurd mm -hmm. and it's epic. Um, so when I auditioned at home, no, at the agent's office, then they wanted me to do a callback at the agent's office, which is very rare that I go into the agent's office to do the callback. Um, and that was a very long process because they wanted to make sure that I could take Helpy through this huge range of emotions that he experiences every episode because he's love he loves Tigtone. He does anything for Tigtone, including letting him rip off his appendages, which is quite painful every episode. Um, yet he's like a puppy too. Right. So he has this this huge uh, shift from different emotions every episode. And I had to find a voice that I could sustain and not lose my voice with because putting texture on your voice as a voice artist can be quite dangerous. 
but I found a way to do it where it doesn't. I mean, I'm not going to talk like Kelpie all day long, but I can do the one to two hours at a time that I need to do without damaging myself. Sure. He's just so silly. And like Nell said, the um, the way they animate it when they were first explaining it to me, I was I didn't know what to think. Because when you look at it, it's sort of like um, South Park where they're on popsicle sticks and, you know, a cartoon on a popsicle stick walking across the screen. But then... They move, and their 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 heads don't turn, but their faces do. And Ben and Andrew lie in the chair with uh, motion capture dots all over them and do the whole episode all again with their faces using what Nils and I do in the studio. Wow. It's uh, never crazy. been done before, this process. And so that's, I think, what Nils means by this. It's so original um, animation. You've never seen anything like it. No, I'm really just so excited to be a part of it because it's wild and different and nutty and it's not vulgar, but there's a lot of blood. So I would say it's not for young kids, but um, I I would let kids watch it before I let them, you know, watch something like Big Mouth where it's just embarrassingly vulgar. Yeah. But this isn't. Definitely. It's just a little bloody. It's not vulgar. And even the violence, because I have I have three little girls, uh, well, 11, 10, and almost 7, and the, the youngest one is freaked out by the violence, and she steps out of the room a little bit, but the older the older two love it, and it's, but we're, it's, it's kind of, it's like the violence is, it always pulls back from being actually violent, even the eating the brains that happened on Tigtone Island, you know, which is so horrible, but but at the same time, this this sort of goofiness that that makes it, you know, just it, it's soft. It's always softened. It's always violent, but always the violence is softened by the sheer goofiness. Sure. But you know what makes it so funny is the way Tigtone, the way Nils does Tigtone, um, and what makes animation funny is where the. Uh, the scene is so absurd, but he comes out at it with such commitment and seriousness and that that he would not like stray from that commitment. And that is humorous in itself, you know, knowing that Pigtone is all about this. And it's ridiculous. Like the subject matter is so ridiculously absurd, but he is set to do it and very straight faced and serious. There's an absolute sincerity, you know. Tigtone and Helpy are so sincere in their, in their, their, their quest. You know, they're. Yeah. You know, when they have to go get soup, to get the angel broth or the soup to fulfill the quest. Here is soup. It's just uh, trite, but huge. Right. <laughs> the biggest epic, mission they've ever epic been sent absurdity. on. <laughs> yes. I would love to spend the day just in the production of this oh, show. Oh, yeah. you just Your sides would be hurting by the time you left, I'm sure. So we have the season finale coming up, October 11th. Uh, what can we expect from the last episode of season two? <laughs> more absurdity, oh. more insanity. Um, hopefully a season three. 
Oh, <laughs> definitely. There had better be yeah. a season three. We got to <laughs> see more of this. Yeah, I can't, yeah the, the final. I can't remember what happens with the final. I, as I see them, Me I'm either. like, oh, yeah, this. You know, because they start and, you know, we, we start way back to like last year sometime, you know, and read these scripts and then they work on them and then they come out and it's like, it's always a revelation when I see the, the actual episode. Although I know, you know next week the Princess Castle is coming up and uh, the girls and are actors, we don't, that. we don't get the script. We don't, we only get our lines. So we don't really know all everything really? that happens. Oh, wow. We know Puzzle some of what happened, together. but yeah. the full story? I don't know. Nils, do you get to know everything? Well, I do. I usually get a full script, yeah. But then, um, you know, <laughs> when, when I, you do, I come down to LA, or maybe I, I do, do two or and three I of these in two or three days, and, the, you know, I, 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 my head is spinning by the time I've done a couple of these in, in two or three days. You know, I was like, whew, to put, you know, don't ask me to piece the plot back together after, after two or three of them. <laughs> we don't record together. I mean, Nils is there sometimes, and I'm there sometimes, but we never record with anybody else. So we're always talking yeah. to ourselves. I see. Yeah. And it's only like my little scene, and I'll talk with Ben or Andrew, and they'll rewrite as we go. So sometimes I'll do the same scene with all different lines. I never know what's going to make it or not, or what they're right. going to cut or redo. I see. Yeah. A lot of improvisation on the part of the writing team during the recording process. And we sit there on the other side of the glass watching these discussions go on. But then finally some, somebody comes in, okay, try this, you know, and they've got their line. Like, okay. Yeah, so you have a lot of different versions of, of everything you hear in the final. Nils, it'll be fun if we get to record together again. Yeah, yeah, we did some at the beginning, and then, uh, yeah, they. Uh, I think they decided, okay, it works. We can just cut them back and forth. They're, they're sounding, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, but it's fun to be, to be um, with Nils. He's, yeah, but he's really, he's quite large, you know, and I'm really small. So it doesn't look that different in person when you see us, except I'm not purple. <laughs> right. Oh, man, when I first uh, recorded with, with Debbie in the room, I had, that was the longer session because every time she'd open her mouth, I would just, I wouldn't be able to return the ball, you know. She's like, oh, God. This voice, yeah, you really just tore me up. You know? Now I accept that that's just that's you. That's the per that's healthy. Is is just there, and it doesn't. I can, uh, yeah, I think I could do it. I could do it again if we. You could. We meet it's there. it's so much fun. This relationship. It's um, they love each other so much. Yet if one of the other one dies, they they'd be over in a second. But <laughs> they adore each other. Yeah, right. I love how they finished Pigtones Island this one last week. Just, just enjoying themselves on the beach, watching the sunset. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> 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 it's such a, a nice epilogue. Like ah, yeah, because usually the epilogue leads to some panic, and then the little bird chirps, and it's the end. You're like ah, right. okay. But that one is just so, it's just a little like three seconds longer than than it was supposed to be. Of the sunset. It's like oh, they're really doing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, Just to emphasize it a little bit more This yeah. one's different And it's so clever Don't you think no, it's Just like like the whole nothing thing A sword oh, that will cut that. nothing yeah. I mean right. the play on words Is absolutely yeah. uh, it, It's almost like a child yeah. Because it's so right. simple 
yet so clever. Right, so Claire, and so committed to it. Like, no, we are going to make a whole episode about the nothing, you know. And just, yeah. Yeah. I, I love it. I, when when uh, when Andrew told me he was going to L.A., you know, to moving from, you know, his well-set-up life in Minneapolis, but he was going to go to L.A. and they're going to get the show, try to get it picked up. I was like, oh, gosh, you guys. That's so, I don't know. Do you really, really I think just, yeah, you've got it good. Can you say long shot? Go down there. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's like, yeah, just do your niche thing in in your own in your hometown, and but yeah, I just can't believe it worked out, and and it's uh, yeah, it's it's one of those things where I keep, right, there is you know there is room for to go and make that happen, you know, to have yeah. your ridiculous idea bear that kind of fruit. I think it's some kind of poetic justice. Such a yeah. well-rounded show, not only in its production, but the writing, the animation. And listen to how much fun you two have just being a part of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that translates onto the screen. It has to, right? Yeah. Oh, my God, yes. Yeah. And because Mills is Kid Chong, and I mean that in the best way, Mills, <laughs> I, you're just... <laughs> Because well, he's not so psychotic, but but when you a pretty nice guy, you know. But, uh, but <laughs> when you step into uh, him, though, it's just you are him. Yeah. It, it because you become him, and it's it's fabulous. Yeah. I, I've I just seen love what it. You're talking about in those clips I was uh, uh, talking about earlier when uh, Nils was doing the sessions from season one, just arching the back, getting his fists clenched up in the air, really, oh, yeah. you know, getting it's into no real it. effort. It's he, just he there. was tig tongue. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. No, physically have to be completely engaged. You know, once they because there's always those those reads, and I do a bunch, and then they're so like, okay, let's get a ten, let's get a tig tone ten on this one. That's either that's the last word for every line. Let's just for safety, let's get this one out of Tig Tone 10. You know, and that means like, that means full screaming. And yeah, always my arms are gesticulating wildly, and you know I have to remember to not whap the microphone. And you know, so it's, yeah, that's the method acting. It ends up being part of it. You know. It's it's such a fun show, and again, I have to encourage the listeners to check it out. Sunday nights on Adult Swim at midnight, and again, the season finale of season two coming up October 11th. Set the DVRs. Debbie, Nils, thank you guys so much for being here, but before we cut you guys loose, uh, I want to direct people toward your contact. Debbie, I know you have DebbieDerryBerry.com, and you also mentioned your book uh, being on Amazon. Is there anywhere else people should be checking you out? Well, let me spell it just for those. Um, it's D-E-B-I, four letters, D-E-B-I, D-E-R-R-Y, B-E-R-R-Y. And I'd love for them to see my TikTok, which I have, like, I don't know how I got 14 million views and 800,000 followers. But wow, I'm having so much fun with TikTok, if it's still in existence by the time this airs. And um, <laughs> my Instagram, um, I'd love, uh, it's just at Debbie Derryberry, and my Twitter's at Debbie Derryberry, and um, my website, DebbieDerryberry.com. So thank you for giving me this opportunity to spew and tell you all about how I love Healthy and be with Nils. No, it's it's been our pleasure, and Nils, thank you just as much. And where can people be yeah, yeah. Uh, checking you out, ma'am? Well, let's see, my um, my two bands that I currently have going, the Free Salamander Exhibit has, you know, has a site and socials, and then my Fawn Fables. And so those are my two main projects that I'm doing right now. Okay. Um, 
Wonderful. And that's F-A-U-N, Fables, yeah. And that's, um, yeah, both of those I've played, played various instruments and sing, uh, although they're very different styles of music in some ways. Um, yeah, I heard that. Uh, it definitely did. Some of it was uh, a lot faster, more upbeat, but uh, it seemed like fond Fables. Uh, not Maybe not so much acoustic-driven, but uh, I guess I would right. it, it is partly, partly acoustic folk, you know, original folk and sort of chamber uh, music-driven yeah. stuff. And, and the Free Salamander exhibit is definitely uh, rock and yeah. Um, yeah, with the elements of metal and prog and chamber chamber music that sneaks into all my projects. That's one of my backgrounds is, is coming out of you know classical classical music. A little so bit of, uh, kind of something for everybody, though it seems like. Yeah. Very good. All right. Well, we'll be uh, directing people to both your guys's uh, websites and social media posts. But thanks so much for being here. And Jack, what do we have on the website, sir? Go to CandidatePodcast.com, check out show highlights, guest info, listen to the show, follow us on all our social media, become a patron, buy some merch, see some YouTube videos, and if you'd like to be a guest and promote your work, send us an email on our contacts page. And once again, we're on Twitter at CandidatePod and Instagram at Cand underscore Air. And again, Patreon.com forward slash CandidatePod. $5 a month gets you access to the Candair Patreon pod. Show you can only get there. And a bunch of other merch and cool stuff on there. That's so it. That's it. That's <laughs> it. All right. I think that's going to do it for this week. So until next time, I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. And always remember to be excellent to each other. There's a fire in your house, be sure to get outside immediately. And once outside, get on CandarePodcast.com. Well, thanks for the tip, Blowtorch, but just one question. What about the fire? And no one is half the battle. G.I. Joe! Hardenbrook is not here tonight. Yeah. He had a party to go to. He's got those children. God, yeah, that exactly. Bastard. <laughs> that bastard. This has been a canned air production. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words, a podcast that presents the unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation. As a country, we need these stories more than ever. Stories from Americans who have borne the battle, including 30-year-old remastered interviews with veterans from World War I recounting their time in the trenches of Europe, and with veterans from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and from our most recent conflicts in Iraq, Afghanistan, and other battlefields Americans may never have heard of. Hear their stories by listening to Warriors in Their Own Words wherever you find podcasts.